podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Welcome back. This is the fifth week in our Lenten series. I can't even believe that it's been this long already. But this week we're looking at the fourth Suffering Servant Song, which is from the book of Isaiah in chapters 52 and 53. And we're looking really at mystery and what it means to sit in mystery and what it means to really plumb the depths of Christ becoming man and what that means for our lives and what that means for his death and how we can look back sometimes in retrospect and see more of what God was doing, but how it can be really difficult when we're in the middle of something to really trust and have humility that the Lord is with us and that there is something happening and that there will be resurrection. So we hope you enjoy. Hello. Hey, Rachel. Hello, Rachel. <laughs> and Nicole, how are you? Good. Good. Um, Good. We're, Aaron, I see you've got your, your tea. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Uh, and you, you, you had mentioned before we, we started recording that you weren't feeling 100%. Yeah. So how are I'm you doing? real hepped up on cough syrup. Um, it is not the drowsy kind, but for some reason it's just like hitting me. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I'm just really looking forward to this conversation. Who knows what's yeah. going to happen really? You know, I've already <laughs> had two cups of coffee and then this one is just a decaf Earl Grey tea because I have a bit of a sore throat. And you know, when, like when you have a sore mm. throat and just hot drinks, are like yes bomb to your so good yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> how are um, you guys doing <laughs> pretty good uh not not sick so far touch wood or mm-hmm. thank you lord <laughs> i know a lot of people who who are though a lot of people who are feeling yeah. kind of the weather mm-hmm. in all kinds of ways yeah so if that's you you guys out there listening yeah. you know yeah. oh gray Hot tea. That's right. Earl Grey mm-hmm. hot tea. Yeah. I did like four COVID tests from three different test kits. I have to say <laughs> just because I was nice. like trying to convince myself that it's not COVID. I'm like, I don't <laughs> think it is, but maybe it is. And what if, anyway, so it is not. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Um, How are you, Nicole? I'm doing well. I. It's been a very full and busy last many days <laughs> in work, work-wise, um, all with good things, but it just feels like I'm just going and going and going and going. Um but it's good. You know, it's, um, how can I say it's like, my life feels very purposeful because I have so many tasks mm. to do and so many things that I must do. And therefore, I don't know, sometimes that's motivating and just kind of exciting where you, yeah. there's just so many yeah. little things that you're constantly checking things off your list. So you just mm-hmm. feel like I'm doing so many things. Yeah. So yeah. When does good. the semester end for you guys? When is that done? Yeah. We're our last exam, um, at Belmont is, um, May 5th. Oh, okay. Oh, so okay. Not, yeah. That's pretty similar late, to Canada. Yeah. Well, like we're done. Yeah. We're done third week of April typically. Um, oh, right. And, and it's April 22nd for me, which is when my right. master's thesis is due. So, oh. you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to say, everybody listening, please say a quick prayer for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that is an ongoing. I mean, struggle. it's just a minor topic. So, yeah, you just know. a little, just yeah. a little ditty. What does it mean to be a female created in the image and likeness of God? Is that, is that the just? That's pretty right? much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but thankfully, that's not what we're talking about today because, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in, all up in my head about it. So, so if we're we just like, let's about, not talk about this. Piece. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got <laughs> to talk about something else now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, I mean, we, you know, um, we're, we're well into Lent. We're almost at Easter now, which is kind of crazy. I don't know how you 
you guys are feeling about that, but I'm like, I, I, all my, my well planned out Lenten practices have kind of bombed this year. And (laughs) I just feel like my Lent has been like offering to the Lord, just my daily struggle because it's been Mm. so intense every day. And sometimes Mm. that happens, you know, but how are you guys, how's your Lent going so far? And Mm. what is, what are you looking forward to Easter wise? Like, you know, what, Mm. yeah either profound or simple, like what's your Easter treat that you're, you're looking forward to or, or something deeper if nice. there is something deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I, I ended up doing, I th- I can't remember if I mentioned this before or whatever, but Christine Moss from, um, from, uh, love Christine Nicole. That's her handle on Instagram. She had this like mm-hmm. really awesome thing that was about like identifying your vice and then looking at it, the opposite virtue and then putting something into place in Lent that is really attacking that vice, you know? Right. Um, and so I was like, okay, self-discipline for love of the Lord. That is what I would mm-hmm. like to grow in this Lent. And it's actually been so, this has probably been one of the best Lents of my of my life, but not because I'm doing a lot of extra fasting or da da da. Simply because I put a schedule into practice and I am doing my utmost to stay mm. on that schedule, even in times like when I don't feel like it or I'm like you know, and not not without reasonable accommodations. But like, right. um, but there's like something very fruitful that has been in that for me. I'm like, oh, it's good, Lord. You're like good. You're doing stuff, so that's good. Yeah. So that's been fun. <laughs> That's been fun. And then for Easter, um, mini eggs. I That's I, what you're looking forward eggs. to? Yeah. Mini eggs. That's like I mean, also the ones. resurrection of Jesus, but <laughs> right, right, right. also mini eggs. In that, like, resurrection of Jesus, then mini eggs. Yeah, that's, that's right. There you that's go. correct. Yeah, that priorities. is the correct yeah. order. Yes, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Nicole? What do you, how's your Lent been going so far? Yeah. Um, it's been okay. This is okay. My Ash Wednesday, I was six. I wasn't able to go to mass. And so it sort of felt like I slid into Lent without really having a Lenten experience. But then there was like two Wednesdays after that, that, um, that Nathan, my fiance was praying, um, it was during the spring or my spring break. And so I, we were both at my apartment and just doing our work. Um, and then he took a break to pray the Eastern Rite liturgy of the hours for Lent, which he does every day. Um, so I prayed it with him and it was just so beautiful. And, and part of the Lenten, um, prayer involves prostrations. And so multiple times throughout this prayer, you, um, lie down on the ground and then you get back up in, in repentance. Right. And it just was really beautiful. And then we went to mass after that. And so that felt like my Ash Wednesday where I was like, okay, I feel like mm-hmm. I've done something, some sort of spiritual practice that I'm like, okay, I'm in Lent now. Right. Um, so that's been good. And then my, so my things that I gave up were like chocolate, which I love having a little square of chocolate every day. Um, and I, I strangely, I haven't felt like I've terribly missed it. There's certain days where I really want it. And then, then it's a sacrifice, but it's not like everyday pain, Mm -hmm. but what's been more of a struggle is my, um, like social media fast where I decided I'm only going to check like the news, Twitter, Facebook once per day. Um, and originally I was like once per day at the end of the day. And then that was like, well, it depends on the day. So just like once per day is fine, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it's not at the end of the day. And then sometimes I find myself, especially if I'm really tired and low on sleep and my like impulse control is lower, yeah, it's right. really hard where I'm all of a sudden I'm checking these things and I'm like, oh no, this is not, I'm not supposed to do that. So that's been a continual struggle and something that I'm realizing 
this is, this is a discipline that I, I don't want to, um, abandon yeah. once Easter comes because I think it's yeah. just healthy for me as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the chocolate, I will incorporate back into my life very happily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But Any you know, here we come. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So not social media. Yeah. Not, well, yeah. Or, or social media, you're going to be, you're going to say like like discipline in social media. Yeah. 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 Yeah, which cool. is good because the best Lenten practices are the ones that actually achieve, like allow the Lord to increase virtue in us, and then yeah. not the ones that were like, okay, well, let me we're just done. snap this Let's, vice yeah. part of my life back up after Lent. Right, like, right, not right, that right. It's a vice to you know what I mean. Sure, yeah. but like lack of intentionality with it, right? right. Just checking because I'm checking right. it is you know so. right, exactly, yeah. Well, awesome. I hope everybody listening that your Lent is fruitful. However, it's turned out if you've bombed like me, or, you know, if you've been able to stick to your guns or however it is that God's working in your, in your life, you know, anyways. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, love Lent. Hashtag love Lent. Okay. So today's, <laughs> so today's topic, we're, we're continuing on with our Lenten theories and the scriptures, scripture passages that we've chosen um, and today's scripture passages from Isaiah, and it's, a, it's, um, it falls into the, the trope of the suffering servant. And so, um, Nicole is going to read it. It's kind of a long passage. So we just, you know, just ask you guys, listen, listen along with us. Um, and a really comfortable spot. Yeah, that's right. Get your cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me just find it again here. So we're going from Isaiah 52 verse 13, and then all of Isaiah 53. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up and shall be very high. Just as there were many who were astonished at him, so marred was his appearance beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of mortals. So he shall startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which had not been told them they shall see, and that which they had not heard they shall contemplate. Who has believed what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he did not open its, his mouth. By a perversion of justice, he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich. 
although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. When you make his life an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring and shall prolong his days. Through him the will of the Lord shall prosper. Out of his anguish he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Mm. <laughs> drinking it in um, you know i don't know um there's so there's like praise and worship music from i think the 80s or the 70s or something like that that i that i kind of didn't grow up on totally but people in my family would listen to mm-hmm. and i love certain songs from that era that just were just basically scripture put mm. into song mm. and there's a there's a i don't know who it's by or whatever but it's just a, for my my childhood there's this one that goes um uh Surely took, surely took on our iniquities and carried our sorrows. Do you guys know that one? No. You know that? And then it's just like, so it's basically this passage from Isaiah and then it kind of goes on and then it goes, and by his wounds, we are healed and by his wounds, we are healed. And that's just like the chorus. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful. I mean, it's like, definitely when you listen to it, it's definitely from, you know, the seventies, eighties or whatever, <laughs> it was. um, mm-hmm. from like the Jesus Christ superstar era. Totally you know? right. Yes. <laughs> but, it, yeah. but it, I love it because whenever I hear that passage, I hear that hymn because it's almost word for word. Mm. And there's something about it. That's just, it's just a heavy hitter. You know, it's just such mm. a, um, convicting passage to me. And maybe because of that music, I, whenever I hear that passage, I always think like, like it just kind of hits me, you know? Yeah. I love that line. Um, and Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. Like that, Mm. that line is so like, okay. So I think we should also clarify too, that even just like background, um, there are four suffering servant songs in the book of Isaiah kind of going up in intensity to this last one that we just read. Um, and it's, uh, like scripture scholars talk about how there likely was a person or it was referring to the nation of Israel or something like that, that the passage is referring to, but also that it's a prophecy of Christ, that Christ will come and he is the suffering servant who bears our iniquities. And you can see all of the kind of the the elements in there are prophecies of what happens in Christ's own own suffering that we can see. So that's kind of some of the some of the context. But definitely for me, one of the um one of the things that sticks out most, I think, is is that God, like Jesus, it's not expected. Like it's not expected at all of how we would think that Jesus, you know, will look like this is the Jewish people are thinking he's going to be some conquering king, a military ruler who's going to put things right. And it's, and it's like the exact opposite of that. But for me, it just makes me think about like, how even in my own life of like that I'm constantly learning about the ways that God works and I think I know something and then I'm like oh wait nope that's that nope all right good like I think I have some kind of knowledge of the ways of God and then I'm like nope just a dummy as okay good (laughs) yeah what about you guys 
and actually, so my parish had a mission this week, like, you know, like a Lenten mission, Mm. which was awesome. And, um, the preaching was so beautiful. And one of the things, uh, last night was the final night of the mission. And, and in the homily, the, the priest was saying, um, actually he brought up the, um, Eastern, uh, liturgy as well. And he was saying, there's like this part in the liturgy that talks about making a defense. Like we have to make the best defense that we can before the throne of God. Mm-hmm. And then that part of the liturgy actually comes before the Kyrie. So the defense that they, that the people make the best mm-hmm. defense that they can make is the defense of like, Lord have mercy is an appeal to the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. And, and so in that context yeah. of this, of this, he was so saying, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, right. And in the context of this, the priest was saying, the throne of God, like making the best defense before the throne of God, the throne is actually not like a kingly throne. It's actually the cross. Mm. That's sort of the concept of God's throne. And I think that ties in so well to this, this passage because yeah, because that is his throne. Like that is his reign of love is made manifest on the cross in such an, in, you know, incredibly mind blowing way. Like you were saying, Mm -hmm. Aaron, like in an unexpected, surprising and totally, you know, flip the script kind of way. Um, so yeah, I was just thinking about Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the part that I, that always sticks out to me in this verse is I have it in front of me here, so I'm just reading it part of it again, but that it's, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, man of suffering, acquainted with infirmity, as, and as one from who others hide their faces, he was despised and we held him of no account. Like, it's really, really emphasizing, like, that he was the, like, the least liked person and despised and just not, not like people that not someone that others would look up to or some, you know, things like that. And just that, you know, in times of my life, like, you know, we all kind of feel low as a teenager and, oh, no one likes me and I'm just whatever, you know. And I can remember this verse being so comforting to me just to be like, oh, like no one liked Jesus either. And like, it was worse for him. Like he gets it. He gets what it's be to, what it's like to be rejected or, you know, or just any times in my life or I'm low or, you know, acquainted with infirmity when I'm sick, just be like, okay, Jesus, I guess was sick. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. this, mm. like Aaron, you were saying this, um, this passage was not necessarily written directly about Jesus. And yet there is, you know, it was written about someone else. And it also is a type of, of Jesus or it's um, a prophecy of, uh, that we look now retrospectively and say, oh, wow, look at this, how much it lines up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just that the comfort of being just knowing that he gets any, all of the worst experiences that we have as humans, Jesus experienced that too. And he gets it. Yeah. So, and the the crazy thing about that, I think is we, we definitely go through suffering and, and things in our life, in our lives that we know we didn't cause directly, or it's not our fault directly, you know? Right. And at the same time, we can, we can all admit that like, okay, there are times in our lives where we suck. Like we do wrong things and we hurt people and we make decisions. Crazy. That's, I don't, (laughs) (laughs) we're messy. We're all just big, just a big hot mess, you know? And I think that's true of everyone. That's true of all of us. But in so many ways, Jesus was perfect, right? In all the ways, basically he was perfect. And he, I think we, because we struggle with our sin and our brokenness, it's hard for us to ever imagine what it's like for someone who actually did nothing 
wrong ever to be rejected in every Mm. possible way and to be despised in every possible way. Like there's, it's like, it's so hard to imagine because, but I think we can correlate it to times in our lives where we suffer. We feel like I didn't do any, like, why am I going through this? You know? And then just to know that like, that was every kind of suffering that Jesus went through. That was true for him. You know, like he just, there was no direct reason. He just literally took on that mission for love of us. And I think that's incredibly humbling. Like it helps me bear my suffering because when I think like, Hmm. okay, this person that is love itself, that is so beautiful and kind and deserved no suffering went through the worst possible stuff so that I wouldn't be alone right now. Mm -hmm. It just makes it little, a little bit more bearable, like a little, and it also makes you feel really, really loved that like, okay, God did that for me so that I wouldn't feel alone in this this experience Mm -hmm. of rejection or, or pain or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, um, the, like, even when you're talking about that, I'm like, there's like this, there's such a hiddenness, like a, such a hiddenness and a mystery into the mm-hmm. humility of God, like yeah. the humility of God that he, he would come and put on mortal flesh that is subject to death and that he would receive all of these things. And instead of being, you know, I mean, he could have made himself manifest and let everybody know that he is the, I mean, he did let people know that he, he was the son of God and God, but, um, but he, you know, in a snap of his fingers, just like get his enemies to submit and all of those kind of things. But like the humility of taking everything on, like the humility, um, of, of like, even the Eucharist, you know, like thinking about the Eucharist in the tabernacle, that he intentionally gives himself in a way that it will be possible for him to be like mistreated in the extreme, like even in the host, like he, he becomes bread, which can be subject and is subject all over the world to huge sacrilege and like misunderstanding and disrespect and like all of these kind of things. But still, even still, even despite those things, he continues to give Mm -hmm. himself um, out of love because he would rather be despised Mm -hmm. and, and mistreated than have us be without him. Yeah. Then have us be without the possibility yeah. of being with him. Man. Yeah. Oh man, that's so like it, crazy. it's like I know, it's right? Like, like when you think about that, it's like the cross, right? Like we so I do all the time, I think, take these like mysteries or whatever, these huge things, and then I boil them down to this like consumable thing that I can <laughs> understand somehow. Yeah. Or, you know, like we we look at the cross and we're like, okay, Christ died for my sins, great, da 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 da. And then somehow sometimes it just loses this meaning in a sense almost mm-hmm. because it's so familiar. Yeah. But mm-hmm. even like mm-hmm. thinking back to John of the cross, like his writings are a huge part of this, you know, and he's like talking about dig deeply in the, you know, the riches mm-hmm. of Christ, like they can never be exhausted. And somehow yeah. I think all the time, I'm like, okay, good. I've exhausted that mystery. Excellent. Let's move on to like, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. just like it loses its meaning somehow, you know, because God is yeah. so hidden. Um, yeah. I really love what you were just saying, Aaron, of just like that radical vulnerability of Jesus. Um, and as you were talking about it, it, it hit me again, like, yeah, like, God, you're kind of wild. Like you're kind of crazy. <laughs> you're, this is, you know, like, 
I don't know if I recommend this course of action for you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a therapist, this is a little bit extreme or something, you know, just like that, yeah. that, that is, it's, it's a mystery to me. Like, I don't understand, you know, obviously I'm being facetious here, but like, I, I, that type of love is so far beyond our understanding. Um, I don't know. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. God is, this yeah. is crazy. You know, it's crazy. I think that we, I, I love that we're, Okay. I'm grateful that we're looking at this passage today at this time in Lent, because I think it's like this invitation to, um, just contemplate that God is so that his love for us is so beyond anything that we can wrap our heads around. Like you said, Aaron, like he's asking us to put aside our need to understand and our need to like, put this all in a box and have it be a formula that makes sense and just, just sit before it and just receive it for a minute, you know, just a Mm -hmm. tiny, receive Mm -hmm. a tiny bit of it for a minute. And I think Mm -hmm. in that, in doing that, there's also this like scary, right. Invitation to be like, I, this radical love is not just something to witness. It's something that's going to act on you. It's something Mm -hmm. that's going to change you. It's something that's going to form you into another me, you know, like, which is the, which is the goal. Like we need to be more like him. And it's scary when you realize that he loves us like that. It's like, Whoa, I don't know if I, if I want to love people (laughs) like that, that's really hard, you know, but it's, and it's actually, it's impossible without first receiving his love, the radicalness of like his love for me and just allowing that to then act on me and mold me and change me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that con like just sitting before the cross, like you said, Aaron, to, you know, not, okay, he died for my sins and not making it sort of this, this trite sort of formula, but just, um, sitting before the cross. And I think you mentioned this, Nicole, in another episode in, in this series about your sister who was saying like, when she's going through really deep suffering, sometimes mm-hmm. she's consoling to look at and contemplate, you know, Christ crucified not as a concept, but like, like he's there for me, he's there for us so that I wouldn't be alone or I, so that I know that he loves me or whatever, you know, however we, Mm -hmm. we feel he's communicating to us through that, um, Mm -hmm. active love in that moment. So I love that it's, it's like tangible, you know, and then the Eucharist is like this actually this real tangible presence of that reality for us now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so crazy, like that the the whole, like even thinking about the whole Paschal mystery, right? Like the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that it plays itself out in our lives, and um, and we go through these like cycles over and over again, right? Of like being in that place, and and even like we were talking before we started, Nicole was sharing a little bit about like sitting in the spot of like where you don't quite know something and you know that something is happening and you have to make a decision like some like things will be resolved but mm-hmm. like being in that kind of like middle spot of like mm-hmm. mystery is the so hallways of life yeah yes. and and because even like even when you're talking about Jesus coming as a savior that his saviorship for lack of a better word is like looks totally different than than yeah. was expected but looking back to the scriptures and to what was prophesied about this suffering servant there's like there's like a light that's given when things have come to some kind of completion like to a new level of completion that you don't get until you get mm-hmm. to that completion until yeah. you get to easter until you get to you know um 
to all of those things. And it's like the, yeah, like what, what you were saying, Rachel, but like sitting at the cross and, and like being in that, in that mystery and, um, and like re like allowing ourselves to just be in front of that mystery and just to see, like to allow the Lord to like expand our hearts in, in some way, you know, it's, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but it's like those things, like you kind of look back and you're like five years ago and you're like, I had no idea what the Lord was doing at the time, but now I can see the goodness that he was bringing about, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. Which is such a beautiful thing that we have the cross to look at in those moments where the resurrection has not yet come. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think that is such a gift that we don't often recognize that like, obviously Jesus knew that the resurrection was coming, but his disciples didn't, Mary didn't. And and even though he knew in his humanity, he still had to, just like knowing that something good is about to happen doesn't make it any less easier to live through the terrible pain of the, whatever the now is in a certain sense, it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. Like, so, so obviously he trusted the father, he is God. He is going through with the plan in some mysterious way. He knows all, but he, in some mysterious ways, also totally human and living that Mm -hmm. out in real time and going through that, you know, and to know that like, okay, yeah, there's this moment where the crucifixion happened, where the resurrection was there. It was, it was in the future was coming, but Jesus stayed in the now, like he didn't skip it. He didn't just, he stayed there, Mm -hmm. you know, he hung Mm -hmm. there and he stayed in that moment Mm -hmm. and he stayed there for me. and, And I can, rely on that grace and that strength that's being offered to me to stay where I then am and, you know, to stay in whatever the cross is that I have in my life right now, knowing that the Lord will bring about a resurrection, but I don't have to be afraid of remaining here for the moment because he, he did, you know, and he will give me the grace to do it in my Mm -hmm. life. Because it's so hard. It's so hard to stay. It's so hard. You want to run away. You want to, you know, but like knowing that Jesus did and he was with me, it makes it easier in a, in a sense. It makes it possible. It makes it possible. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's yeah. It's just so there's like so much, it's just good to have the reminder that there's never going to be an end to the mystery of what can be found in Christ in, in like, in terms of meaning and the ability to understand our sufferings in, and their meaning in him, whether it happens kind of in, in like retrospect, like we have some understanding of like, okay, this is the good you brought up or, or whether it happens just in eternity, you know, and then, and then we see the good of our sufferings united to to him, but just to, it's, it's a hard thing to get. I find it very hard anyways, to get comfortable with mystery and with like being okay with mystery, you know, <laughs> like just be in there. Yeah. yeah. You said something, I think that was really important in passing, but I think it, it kind of is the key to this whole experience, which is humility. Like I really think mm-hmm. that God, God sets an example for us in his humility for us to be then um, humble, you know, and for us to be able to just trust him because humility and trust, I think kind of go together. Like Mm -hmm. we don't need to be in control. We don't need to fully understand because we trust that God loves us. And so the things that we don't understand, the things that we can't control are in the hands of someone that we trust. And so we can sort of have this, um, orientation of humility where 
we take care of what he's given us to care for, you know, we do the things that he's asked us to do that are within our will, within our power. We say yes, where we can say yes. And we trust him with the rest of the stuff that's so beyond Mm. our understanding, you know? Um, yeah. Which I think, I think humility in that context can be very comforting. Like it's kind Mm. of cool that Mm. I don't have to bear the weight of the world on my shoulders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, can't. it's, I can't do that, you know? Yeah. Um, So yeah. yeah. So Jesus, the suffering servant Mm -hmm. so much, there's so much there. Any final thoughts, you guys, before God winks? I think just a final thought as we head toward Easter. Apparently, I heard this on Poco Poco. I can't remember if I mentioned it on here before, but um, but the spot of Jesus' crucifixion and the spot of his resurrection are located in the same church. Um, mm. And so you don't even have to go out of the same building. Like, so he. I would... was there. You were. Mm. Oh, that's there. so cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of course you were yeah. there. Yeah. So, like, it's so, so cool. then it's like Jesus. It's like, it's not like the, the, like the resurrection is right there. You know, like it's so close, even physically yeah. proximate to the place of, of crucifixion. Um, and there's like, there's something mysteriously comforting in that basically the whole moral of the episode is just that everything is a mystery just <laughs> sit in front of the cross that's the there you yeah, go yeah. and the resurrection is coming that's right know. it's coming you can mm-hmm. see it yeah that is a fact it's close to you even if you can't see it yeah that's right mm-hmm. all right nicole god wink <laughs> yes um and i've been a little bit quiet in the last few minutes here because my internet is being strange and sometimes i could only hear you guys and not see you and so i'm just worried that this is my voice is garbly so we'll just it's okay see what you're happens okay here. we can hear you're okay to hear you, you can hear now. so far okay good um yeah so okay so here's my my god wink is uh, I was at the Southeastern Region American Music Therapy Conference last weekend, um, which was which was great. And you know, I hadn't been to um, like a music therapy conference in several years. Most of the conferences I've been to are more academic, and it's just all research presentations. And so I couldn't remember what to expect. Um, and the opening session, I will just admit that I, I got very judgy very quickly um, because it was, you know, it was somebody talking about, um, I think it was like, how do we listen actively to people, which is a great, important thing, of course. Um, but they they ended with uh, um, kind of an experiential thing where it was like, okay, you know, I'm going to play this song and just try to you know, tune in to your own soul. It's just felt a little bit for me. And I was, they played the song and I was like, I don't really connect to this song. And there's 200 people here. And like, what, maybe only some, anyway, so I got very, it was like, oh no, is it going to be, am I going to be able to connect to this conference having, you know, being back in this world? But anyway, um, and I should, you know, not to criticize that, that I know that that, um, that presentation meant a lot to a lot of people and I only caught the last half of it. So maybe I was missing some context. Um, Anyway. But uh, the rest of the conference, a lot of the presentations that I went to were just so inspiring and interesting. Um, and there was one one presentation where I I attended and then realized like, oh, this is geared towards um, like brand new music therapists and not as applicable. So I I like left ten minutes in and looked. Okay, what other you know presentations are happening right now? And realized, oh, there's this one on um, autism and how do autistic people hear, which is very um, you know my research is related to autism and music. So I went and I ducked into that one, kind of you know now late. 
and it was so fascinating and wonderful. And um, the presenter was so knowledgeable and was just giving these beautiful insights onto um, how we can understand the ways that autistic people hear music and hear expressiveness and all of that. Um, and there were some resonances with my own research. So I went up to this presenter afterwards and asked if he'd be willing to be my like external um, reviewer for my dissertation. And he was willing. And he's also somebody who, who told us that he's autistic as well. So I thought that's wonderful to have yeah. um, that perspective. And so just like a lot of, um, a lot of wonderful connections with people and things, despite the, my initial kind of, you know, judginess. So, so, so I was just very grateful, very grateful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah. You stuck with it, right? You persevered. Mm-hmm. The Lord surprised then... you. Yeah. The Lord surprised you. He did surprise you. me. He did surprise <laughs> me. Yes, indeed. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, just all of us just waiting for more surprises from the Lord in the last couple of weeks. We oh. I'm sure he has just singing of cheesy sleeve. songs from like the eighties. Surprise. That's right. Surprise. God is a surprise. Is that a song? <laughs> oh. uh-huh. Open up your eyes. Yeah. I totally is. don't know this. It's very intense. Well, wow. We're a little young. That's why. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, that's a good place to end the episode right there. All right. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for listening. We'll we'll see you next week. Um yeah. yeah. God bless you. God bless God you. Bless. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.